Welcome to Overflow, the podcast exploring what is and is not inherently visible about those who build with Webflow. I'm Matthew Munger from the Webflow community team, and in each episode, we highlight the unique perspectives, passions, and experiences that fuel the creative mind of our guest. From Wellington, New Zealand, we're joined by Managing Director at Psychoactive Studios, Maria Rose. Maria is a proclaimed desk nomad and tech enthusiast whose journey towards design led her into managing creatives and a focus on nurturing team culture. In this episode, we discuss how productivity is affected by your environment, prioritization, curating knowledge, and communication, plus her advice that consistency is better than intensity, be kind and respectful to collaborators, and that experts once looked like newbies. Featuring Maria Rose, this is Overflow. Hey, Maria, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me on the show, Matthew. Why don't you start off by telling a bit about yourself and who you are? Kia ora, my name is Maria. I am based in New Zealand and I am currently the managing director of a web design and development studio. So we are predominantly a Webflow agency. We have a team of designers and developers. And in terms of who I am, <laughs> I feel like that's a, a very large question, yeah. but I can definitely give it my best shot. My background maybe to begin with is I study digital design and I also study traditional programming. So I have a big love of technology and also the creative field. Sometimes it feels like my left and my right brain are just competing with one another <laughs> to try to make decisions <laughs> or solve problems. But in some ways, I feel like that's very much suited for my current role, which is a lot more people facing. And Maria, where are you located? Yeah, so currently I'm located in New Zealand, Aotearoa. So I am based in the capital, Wellington, but I grew up in the South Island. So New Zealand is split to two islands in the South. The current city that I'm living in, I feel is almost like a larger version of the town that I grew up in. So it feels very familiar. We have uh, these rolling hills that surround the city. We also have access to the beach. So we're very fortunate in that regard. I feel like New Zealand in general is just a very beautiful country, especially if you're the adventurous type. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What kind of places do you like to go out and visit, kind of have those adventures? My current hobby or infatuation is tramping. So this year I've recently started hiking out into the mountain ranges in New Zealand. So it's a beautiful way to explore the country, but also just immerse yourself in nature. So for instance, we have a lot of native bush. And in terms of like what I like to explore, or what I enjoy about it is you get to spend two days completely isolated in the wilderness we don't have any dangerous animals like bears or, or, or like mountain lions. So we're very lucky in that regard. Maybe no just giants, right? No snakes, yeah. <laughs> so maybe just a, a very large spider or wetter, mm -hmm. which is like a giant, creepy, kind of crawly insect. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, yeah, I feel like we're very spoiled. It's a, it's a very safe environment to explore the wilderness. And what do you like about Wellington specifically? Wellington, in my opinion, is the creative capital of New Zealand. It's also, in my opinion, an incubator for 
the tech scene. So we have a lot of startups emerge from the Wellington uh, environment. We have a very supportive community and where we're based as a studio is called Cuba Street. So it's very well known for its creativity, its artistic flair and expression. You have all sorts of characters walking down the street wearing colorful attire. In my opinion, it is definitely the place to be if you are a creative. There's just so much spirit here Mm. and you can feel it as you walk down the street. What does your workspace look like? If we were going to sit in your chair, what would we see? My colleague, she actually used a fantastic term today and referred to us as desk nomads. Um, (laughs) And the reason for that is within our workplace, we have the ability to work from home as often as we like. So it's a bit of a hybrid space, more overseas even. We quite often bounce around from desk to desk. So today I'm in a meeting room, but I also have my own desk out in the office space. And then I also have like a bedroom office. Currently I'm at the studio on Cuba Street. I have a really beautiful view of the street below. There's a bagel store (laughs) and a few pigeons flying around, all sorts of kind of really lively graffiti sprawled across like exterior of the buildings. In my home, I live in a place called Island Bay. So the surrounding area is like this coastal beachy town. So when we're in the studio, I feel like it's almost the source of our culture. So we're able to interact with one another. We're able to have, you know, those small engagements where we are making each other a cup of tea or going out for lunch together or appearing over one another's shoulders to give feedback on the work that we're doing. And I feel like when it comes to the life source of the studio, it's much better to be in a physical environment so that we can help to cultivate that culture together and those relationships with one another. I find that when I'm at home in my office space, that's when I'm able to tap into, I would say, flow state and really engage in deep focus work. So maybe writing a proposal or scoping a large feature for a client. It's interesting, two different states of being, one that really, I feel, extends itself towards culture and people and the other yeah. proactivity. In our studio, we have this practice called daily updates. It's a bit of a ritual. So at the beginning of the day, everybody will summarize what they're going to be working on that day. Another, so no matter where you're working from, you always get a sense of what other people, the, the people around you are doing. And I feel like that's right. really important, you know, in a team environment as well. Do you like to listen to anything while you work? Yes, <laughs> I do. I love noise to the extent where I can be listening to a song, I can have a YouTube video going on in the background, and then I can also be having a conversation with somebody. To me, like I feel I really embrace and welcome that kind of simulation. But also when I do need to do deep focus work, I have this one playlist that I always go back to, which I created in the, during my programming um, studies. So it's called like coding duff. <laughs> so it's just effectively electronic music that really gets me into flow state. Other than hiking and spending time in the mountains, do you have any other hobbies or interests? Yeah, so I have a daily journal practice. Like I'm an avid writer. I, I really love like a stream of consciousness, like journaling, poetry. I also have a film camera. So quite often you'll see me floating around trying to um, be discreet, but also taking pictures of like the people in my life. So I have a just a traditional point of shoot. So a 35 millimeter film and I have two, I have a pen and I also have like a Fuji. I always carry them around in my handbag, but I feel like mm-hmm. with film, you tend to have like less of an emotional connection to capture that perfect moment. You're just immersed in that moment. And once you capture it, put it away. Something about the digital medium feels a lot more disposable. And then otherwise, my biggest hobby, I have to say, is just the world of 
tech quite often i will spend a lot of time just pouring over like award websites looking at all of the new and emerging projects that other agencies are submitting because i feel like it's just such a great source of inspiration i will just consume and devour books when i was a kid i was the type of kid that would stay up all night and finish a novel these days i would say i'm a little bit slower <laughs> i have a few other responsibilities to tend to and i unfortunately can't stay up all night reading books as much as i would love to i have like this wish list of books as well that I have recorded on my phone and I try to work my way through that. I have to stop myself. I have to finish a book before I'm allowed to buy a new one. There's this term for it. It's called the anti-library. Actually, part of the process of curating your knowledge or your experiences is the books that you don't read that you have collected. It's so interesting, the anti-library. I feel like in some ways it does say a lot about your character, you know, the books that you selected for yourself, but maybe you opened or you never finished. Do you lean towards certain types of genres or books? Yeah, I kind of am obsessed with like personal development. I think Atomic Habit, James Clare, that sort of kind of content. So I'm very interested in what makes high-performing teams and also the necessary ingredients to help cultivate that right. environment for people to flourish and perform in. Things like unconscious bias, how to have like a nonviolent communication, you know, like how to untangle mm-hmm. conflict and come out the other end having expressed your feelings also ensure that you weren't overstepping you know the way in which you were trying to communicate or convey that information to the other person so I'm really just fascinated by people and I didn't realize that until after I studied programming which I feel like is kind of a very logical linear field it's very interesting like learning kind of those soft skills on how how to communicate and not shut other people or their ideas down how do you actually validate everyone in the room and make space for everyone's ideas while still guiding the conversation towards a resolution or towards next steps right yeah it's so eloquent <laughs> i'm curious what is something that would surprise people to learn about you Maybe that I'm half Chinese. Quite often people aren't aware of my heritage and that's probably just because I've grown up in a Western country. So it's something that I really have to share with other people, which I love doing. There are so many beautiful parts about um, you know, Chinese culture. Maybe it's the food, the language, the customs. There's one custom that I embrace wholeheartedly and it's called guanxi. And it kind of refers to the relationship that you have with other people, reciprocal acts, to make sure that you are caring for one another, but also that the relationship is balanced in reference to giving and taking. We always try to give first to our clients. So an example would be, it doesn't matter whether or not we may or May not end up working together we will always do our best to research or come up with a strategy that we feel best suits your business and then recommend that to you even if the relationship doesn't eventuate into anything we can still come back and give something that we think is going to be of value to the organization what is your role and how would you describe what you do day to day so my current role is managing director my role in general is very multifaceted and on a day-to-day basis i do a lot of different tasks so in my might spend the morning in a high-level strategy session with a client and then in the afternoon I might be trying to find a new fruit bowl subscription for our studio. <laughs> There's a lot of different things that I do. I love each of those tasks greatly. My favorite thing is definitely working and getting to have a one-on-one with each individual, hear about their day, the projects that they're working on, and make sure that they're equipped with the right resources to ensure that they feel motivated and inspired about their role and that they're also able to succeed 
and achieve what is being asked of them. And I feel like it's the vision that I have for the studio and for the people around me that makes it really fulfilling. And I feel like that requires like me having to prioritize what is important and urgent, what is urgent and not important. You know, there's those four quadrants that you can work within. And so for me, I feel like I really have to, even though there might be tasks that I intrinsically am motivated to do, sometimes I have to put those on the shelf and tick off other items that are of a higher priority to either the organization or the people around me. So it's a lot more difficult for me, I would say, to find satisfaction in the progress that I've made without really working on birthing something from inception and then taking it to completion and, you know, Mm -hmm. putting a finished website in front of a client or my peers. So my greatest ambition was to always be a designer or a creative developer. Those were the two fields that I studied and trained within. And in terms of how I ended up at Psychoactive, so I began my journey as an intern and I actually didn't get the role that I first applied for, but I ended up having an interview with the founder at the time and I showed him my portfolio. What was interesting about this and something that I would encourage everybody to do is to just take a chance and to be open to the conversations or chance encounters around you because through that conversation, he saw some of my portfolio work and then said, hey, you weren't successful in your application for the web designer. Would you be interested in being a social media intern? During my first week as an intern, I actually wrote my first statement of work. So I kind of went from like zero to 100 pretty quickly in terms of the responsibilities that I was taking on. I really saw a vision for myself here at the studio. And I said to him, I will do whatever it takes, whatever job you need, um, if you promise me that you will hire me as a designer when a new job opening is available. And so I spent about one year, a role came available. But for some reason, every time I tried to move laterally into a design role, I felt myself being pulled back it just made sense for me to continue what I was doing because I felt the impact that I could have in my role was far greater than the impact that I would have as just a designer in our organization. It really does bring me a lot of joy to see the people around me thriving or exerting their creativity um, in a way that allows them to create these like innovative projects for our clients. Sounds like that's a, a big motivation for you is seeing your team success either personally or in their work. Yeah, Definitely. Sometimes the way I describe it is fall in love with people, like what makes them unique or what makes them light up. I really feel as if I try to find ways to try to excite them or find what motivates them so that they can do their best work, but also just be there for them. You know, if they're not having a good day, I really hope that if it's not me, they come to at least like we have an environment where they're able to confide in one of their colleagues. Is there a resource that you think more people should know about? So the first one, there's this website called Fearless Culture, and it's run by a guy named Gustavo Zetti. He publishes a lot of great material for people, and I think that a lot of leaders or people who aspire to be leaders should use it as um, an educational resource. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one book that I rate really highly is called Netflix No Rules Rules, and that was written by Netflix themselves and speaks to their culture and their processes as an organization. And then lastly, maybe not something that's just like, you know, a resource that you can just go out onto the street and buy, but I feel like there's a lot of value in connecting with a mentor, meeting with them on a monthly basis, because Mm -hmm. I think that 
you don't know what you don't know. And if you can connect with somebody who has the time and wants to teach you, they will share things with you that might take you a long time to learn. To try to ensure you don't make the same mistakes that they did or to help expedite your growth journey. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in having a mentor. Is there someone in the Webflow community that inspires you? Yes. So aside from my incredible colleagues who are, yeah. you know, <laughs> who are extraordinary Webflow developers, gems of the Webflow community, there are a couple other people who inspire me. So the first person is Bimo Tree. They are a designer and creative developer. I believe they're based in Indonesia. I see a lot of their work in my LinkedIn feed and I absolutely adore it. Very interactive in nature. And mm-hmm. for us, you know, our, our mission statement as a studio is push the boundaries of the web and I feel like this person achieves that on a regular basis you know their work always takes my breath away the other person that inspires me is Francesco Castronova they are always creating components or frames which they share within the Made in Webflow community mm-hmm. and they are based in Japan at the moment and I think that they are fantastic because again I feel like it's such a beautiful thing to want to provide other people with value. I shared some of his work with our team and they absolutely fell in love with his work. They felt like he had some very um, sophisticated solutions. Speaking of your team, you mentioned, you know, obviously you have folks on your team who are part of the Webflow community as well. Would you like to give them a shout out? Yeah, absolutely. So Laura, Brandon, Josh, Kunyang, Carl, you are my inspiration. I love the work that you do. You're such an asset to the Webflow community. What is some advice that you want to share with others? Yeah, a couple pieces of advice that I'd share. Consistency is better than intensity. Showing up every day, you know, making progress is more important than I think locking yourself in a room for three weeks and trying to bash out a website. If you are willing to show up every day and fail and learn from mistakes and grow gradually over time, that will probably serve you better in your career and just being spontaneous with your efforts. Um, Some other advice, don't be a dick. (laughs) Tech is a team sport. And I feel that, of course, there are some incredible freelancers out there that are able to do their work autonomously. But for us, especially as a studio, we work in teams and you really do have to be willing to sometimes disagree and commit and to be respectful and kind to one another in terms of your collaborations. One last one. I heard this really great saying that's like, don't be afraid to look like a newbie because you have to go through that journey of growth to upskill and you may feel miserable. You may feel that on the outside, you're not good at what you're doing, but I feel the real value is through putting in that practice and, and being willing to fail, to learn from those failures, to become very well-versed and experienced in your field. Maria, how can others in the community reach out and connect with you? So you can reach me on LinkedIn, so I have a LinkedIn profile, or you can email me directly at maria at psychoactive.co.nz. If you send me an email, it's very likely I will respond to you, so don't be shy. That'd probably actually be another piece of advice I have to give. Blew my mind initially. If you actually just send somebody an email and you introduce yourself, and courteous and kind, it's very likely that they will be receptive to your request. This was an Overflow episode with Maria Rose, produced by the Webflow community team with music by Joseph McDade. To learn more about the Webflow community, please visit webflow.com community. I've been your host, Matthew Munger. Thanks for listening.